0: Hey everyone, C-Note here and welcome to SuperMeyer's Briggs Turbo EX, the show that is leveling up your typology knowledge. Today on the show, I am sharing an excerpt. Ah, something on my desk just fell. (laughs) Um, Today on the show, I'm sharing an excerpt from the advanced course. And uh, this segment is all about ambiversion, the notion that ambiverts even exist. And if you look at it from a Myers-Briggs perspective, some people are even turned off by it, by the idea that like Myers-Briggs quote unquote, doesn't explain that I feel like an ambivert, that I'm not just an introvert and I'm not just an extrovert. Actually it does. You just need to drill a little bit deeper to understand uh, the cognitive functions and how each personality type has an introvert and extrovert attitude associated with those functions. So, when you start to become a healthier version of yourself you'll more likely feel like the common perception of an ambivert because of that right so that creates a confusion because the uh, technically it is or is not true the uh, the idea that like an ambivert exists ambiverts exist but not in the way that you think they do so this is in an effort to explain all of that and um particularly if you're fairly new to Myers-Briggs and understanding how the four letter code works in relation to cognitive functions and all of that stuff. Like, this is going to be a good episode for you to get into the uh, a little bit more of an advanced concept, which is the idea of AMBA version. So, this is available on the advanced course that I have. If you go to supermbti.training, you can sign up for the free course. And then, after you've done that, you can go to the advanced course, and um, that'll have a lot more detail there. So, Um, yeah, let's kick off the show and do the thing on Super Myers Briggs Turbo EX. Let's go. Oh, my throat is dead. (laughs) Let's do this. I started recording uh, a bunch of different episodes and or segments here, and I started thinking about this concept of ambivertion. So I kind of wanted to come back and and slot this in here and talk about people's perceptions of ambiverts and what that really means, because it's something that Myers-Briggs actually already covers. Uh, I had someone on Facebook recently post a thing saying that, you know, Myers-Briggs is crap, blah, blah, blah. And I'm used to people saying that. That's fine. But, um, somebody in the comments was saying that like, I'm an introvert, but I feel like I'm very comfortable talking to people. So, you know, it must be garbage, (laughs) um, which is wrong on its own to think, um, by the way, but, um, this concept of being an ambivert is really interesting to discuss because ambiversion is, is, is kind of the place we want to get to if you're doing everything you can to, supplement your driver and secondary process which are introverted and extroverted traits then you're feeling like you're maturing as a person and being able to more seamlessly work between those two types of thinking and being. So introverts already on their own because of the type of other uh, their secondary function may already naturally feel inclined to be like people focused or not people focused and I guess I should start with saying first of all, we are all ambiverts in some sense or another, we can develop to be a little bit better at it, but in what we are naturally inclined because each of us have two extroverted functions and two introverted functions. And I'm going to go into that in far more detail in the cognitive functions course, which will be separate from this, but then I'll also talk about it in the intro to cognitive functions, uh, section as well. And, um, the the general idea is that we all have introverted and extroverted functions, and it can be very confusing because those first four letters that we see, whether you're an ENFP or an INTP or ISFJ, uh, those can be very confusing because it's labeling you as one or the other. But it's really a code, it is really a way of understanding. Because if you're an ENFP, you are leading with an extroverted function. but. That FP is signifying that you are an introverted feeler. So, that is your secondary function as an ENFP, is introverted feeling. So, um, the the J, the judging type is ENFJ. So ENFJs are going to be leading with an extroverted feeling process. And then they're going to have introverted intuition as their secondary uh, process. So again, it's just kind of, these are just codes and ways to kind of lead into cognitive functions. But I think it's actually made things a little bit more confusing for people, assuming that they are stuck in one type or another. And the whole general point of Myers-Briggs is to find a way to understand all of the functions and how each function works within you as an individual, and that you are not a person that is just one or the other function. You are not an intuitive or a sensor. You are an intuitive. You are a person who is focused on intuition, but still has sensing within your personality type. Everyone has all eight functions. So the idea here is to continue to think about that. The fact that you've got introverted intuition, but you've got an extroverted uh, intuition as well in some degree or another. So you're an introvert in some sense, but you're an extrovert in another sense. So for me, I'm an INTP and I'm a person that is very much an introvert because I'm not people-focused. And sometimes the people-focused aspect of introvert versus extrovert can be very confusing to people because introvert versus extrovert does not mean you are better at people than other people. It means that you have a preference for looking internally versus looking towards external information. And then that other signifier, the function itself is going to denote how you decide to use that information in the outside world. So for instance, I'm an introverted thinker, which does not involve people at all. It is very much a solitary process and involves objective thinking and and it involves a, a bit of a subjective process as well. And I'm trying to do my best to think objectively, but uh, ultimately, it is a subjective process that involves me taking all of the information that I've gathered from the world and creative creating reductive understandings of that. Um, and then in order to gather new information from the world, I need to use extroverted intuition in order to gather new information and go out and play and do things. Both of those processes don't require people. So it's important to realize that even if those are switched, which isn't the EN- ENTP, Where an ENTP leads leads with extroverted intuition and their secondary is introverted thinking, that does also not require people. It involves going out and playing and enjoying and being optimistic and being ideal, uh, being an idealist and going to experience things. Now, experiencing things tends to involve people, but you know, it does not require it. You can do plenty of things that go out into the world and you play and do things that don't require people. So the the, the point is that introversion or extroversion does not involve, does not have to f- involve people. Those are more specifically for FE types. FE types, extroverted feelers, are going to be the most people focused and they tend to dominate the understanding of the world and the way that you should associate with people. So they they tend to create this notion that we all should be better people people and this is not the case (laughs) we don't have to be Uh, we should certainly utilize some aspect of it in our lives and it's certainly helpful to get involved with people but i don't have to and not other many types do not have to so it is important to understand that that introversion and extroversion is not about using people-focused functions if that is not a part of your cognitive stack that is only a requirement if you are someone who has the natural propensity for that. So this concept of ambiversion is something that was basically cocked together by someone who has a a strong developmental understanding of themselves, but they may not have a understanding of Myers-Briggs and how Myers-Briggs itself explains this. It explains it through the cognitive functions. And if again, you can follow the cognitive functions course, um, which is not yet ready as of this recording, but um, you can also look up the cognitive functions of your type if you know your type and to use that as an opportunity to learn about your leading process and your secondary process. And then you're going to, they're going to alternate. So again, it's going to be very uncomfortable, which is why people don't typically go to the other place for development and there's this thing called cognitive loops where the way that functions operate is that your leading function is your dominant function so for me it's introverted thinking and then your secondary function is going to be extroverted and they alternate so i have introverted thinking extroverted intuition introverted sensing and then extroverted feeling. So going from one to the other, essentially in order is going to create a sense of discomfort going from one to the next or jumping from one to the next. So what tends to happen is people get into a place of leaning into their tertiary function because that third function is going to be also comfortable because it reflects the same attitude that they have, which is more introverted for me. And I get into this loop of like, I can Convinced myself essentially that safety and everything that I've experienced in my past is the only thing that I need. I don't need to experience new things. So that's been the tricky part of me making this product switch of doing more product based stuff and doing courses and stuff because it requires more time of me, you know, spending time inside, but I need to make sure that I'm being deliberately. Uh, deliberately taking time to experience new things and and go outside and explore and and experience the world and, and figure out what's going on in the world and not continue to loop and make judgments about myself. Each version has a cognitive loop and that's again, something I'll go through in the cognitive uh, functions course. But again, going from the first function to the second function is going to be uncomfortable and it's typically not going to be a place that we go to naturally. We, we need someone in our lives That ends up nurturing that some way or another. And I was pretty lucky to have um, a father who's definitely an extrovert and he's convinced me to to go out and experience, you know, go meet his clients and and go learn things about um, what's going on in in advertising and going on in the world um, through experiencing things with him. But then as I got older, I was also more open to experiencing things with my friends because they were a lot more outgoing. And, you know, I started to learn what I liked and what I didn't like and what was working for me and make judgments about people and the world and things like that. So um, being able to balance the two has been helpful for my growth and it's helpful for me to. I mean, I could certainly identify, you know, sometimes they're going to identify a little bit more naturally, which is why they use the term ambivert. And, you know, some people, ENFPs are another good example because they are probably the least extroverted of the intro of the extroverts because their process of introverted feeling, which is their secondary type, requires a lot of time and space and attention for them. Because you need to go out into the world and play and be optimistic. But then you need to take time internally to think about or to feel, rather, um, to feel out everything you've just experienced and, and really take that time to grow. And as ENFPs start to develop, they take that time a little bit more. So they may go between certain long swaths of time, feeling like they're an extrovert and then feeling like they're an introvert. And then as they get older and they start to learn better ways of balancing the two, they'll start to identify as I'm an E or I'm an I. You know, maybe I'm an ENFP, sometimes I'm an INFP. But when it comes to the cognitive functions, INFPs are very different from ENFPs. It's important to understand that you're not, you know, you, you're not jumping between types. You're, you're, you're one type but you fluctuate between cognitive functions that you already have instinctually in you. So again, it's hard to explain without going into the cognitive functions within great detail. But the idea is that everyone has introvert and extrovert traits within us. And there is a willingness to grow, uh, a natural propensity to want to lean towards these things, especially, especially understanding the fact that our driver, for me, introverted thinking, if I spend too much time In my extroverted thinking, as much as my capacity for introverted thinking is stronger than any other capacity for any function, I'm going to naturally start to feel like I need to use other things. I'm going to start to feel like I need to go outside. I need to go um, experience play video games, something that I've done in my past, or I need to go be a little bit gain affirmations from people and be thankful when I'm using my extroverted feeling. So um, sometimes when you. Break capacity for that main driver if you do not have a understanding of that secondary function of your extroverted function you're going to end up being taken over by your weaker functions and that's when stress creeps in uh depression and it manifests in different ways so um that's basically what i'm getting at here is 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 everyone instinctively at some point has to lean into or, or starts to feel like they need to lean into their secondary driver, whether or not they understand what that is. Um, and, and, again, it manifests differently for different people. ISFJs, for example, are extroverted feelers, um, in their secondary function. And the same with INFJs and they feel this need to make sure that everyone's happy around them to make sure their needs are met, but they are introverts. So there's this push and pull of like, I need time to myself. But because I like people and I want to make sure people's needs are met, I kind of feel bad about needing time to myself. So there is this push and pull. And again, it starts with being honest with yourself and being real about your personality type. Because this is not something you're going to change. You can certainly develop a skill in one area or another. But to understand more about who you are and be able to make adjustments around that and support your strengths will allow you to continue to grow as a person and kind of move away from this idea of ambiversion because it's not a thing. It's it's just not. <laughs> so um, that's all I wanted to talk about when it comes to ambiversion. Hey thanks for listening to Super Myers Briggs Turbo EX. We're gonna help you with Myers Briggs and all that fun stuff. And uh, if you want to jump straight into the advanced course, go to supermbti.training. If you want to check out my other shows, go to dopamine.life for mental my mental health podcast and you can go to cnote.show to check out the media podcast so if you love this show go to anchor.fm slash super mbti and leave some love leave a review share it with your friends all that good stuff and uh most of all thank you thank you for listening to super myers briggs turbo ex